0: Welcome to CarePod, a safe place to educate, inspire, and renew the caregiver. Listen in with our host, Dr. Kibley Bell, as she interviews different experts along the caregiving journey.
1: Okay, so I'm here with Basiliso Moreno today, and I'm really always excited to chat with persons of color that have a rich history that they are offering their respective communities. He is a social worker. Uh, He has a consulting firm where he sits with Gen X folks to get us all in order regarding our finances and specifically how we manage our finances of our nuclear families and those that we are caring for. So, so happy to have you here with me. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Care Pod.
0: Thank you for having me, Dr. Bell. Pleasure.
1: Yes, yes. So tell me about your why. What brought you to the social work space? What drives you now? You know, what's the skill set that you use in your own uh, personal caregiver journey, etc.
0: Well, uh... I don't wanna give a long winded answer, but it's kind of a okay. long winded story. Let's um, go.
1: We love long winded over here. We love
0: it. <laughs> so how how I got into social work, oh man, is uh well I didn't when I graduated in my undergrad, I actually wanted to be uh, a sports broadcaster. That was I graduated in May two thousand one. So I so nine eleven happened and that completely kinda of changed everything. In my regarding my path, um, I went through a temp agency, did the whole testing, computer testing, written exam, and they didn't reach out to like a couple days after Christmas in 2001 like, Hey, we got this job for you. It's like, I'll take it. <laughs> I wasn't working at the time, you know, doing odd jobs here and there, but nothing consistently. I uh, even worked for my dad for a little bit, and then this. Foster care job just came came about, and so as I was like, I took it. So it was a temp job, um making like eight dollars twenty five cents an hour for for my social workers out there. That's like insane <laughs> to, to do such you know hard work and stressful work. They get a raise to like eight fifty because I I do I'm bilingual, speak Spanish. Yeah, um, and then literally. They they had an HR change, so they were like my paperwork to make me permanent got lost in the shuffle. And like, hey, I've like, been here for a while now. What's happening? are you gonna make me permanent, or I need to leave because I can't do this anymore. So uh, after six months, they like, put me, they made me, up, gave offered me a permanent position, and stayed there another two and a half years. And like, I can't do this anymore. So that's how I even got into uh, you know for you know social service aspect. And I noticed during that time, uh, so uh, supervisors having MSWs, um, you know, a master's in social work uh, and getting supervisory roles. Uh, I had no intention of going back to school after my bachelor's, but I saw if I wanted to make more money, stay in the field, like that, that was my next, my next goal. And I had a a mentor, was actually one of my former supervisors at, at the time was like you need to get your master's in social work like there's no that's your next goal so you kept pushing me pushing me like all right this is the next goal so I went uh three years in grad school and got and got my master's in social work and been running ever since
1: (laughs) I love it I love it so which are you in the child space or uh right now what are you doing now
0: right now uh Work at a, at an outpatient uh, hospital setting, uh, Work working with adults living with uh, HIV and AIDS in
1: Delaware. Wow, wow, that's amazing, amazing yes. work. Okay, so a couple of things. You know, one of my pain points, you know, I actually want to get back to learning Spanish because I hate the interpreter phone. <laughs> I,
0: so I do hate I. that, the <laughs>
1: gap. I, I have Native staff that say to me, the interpreter did not say what you said. (laughs) They are not communicating (laughs) fully what you said or what the patient said. So that is one of my goals to uh, get my medical Spanish on. But I believe that there's an isolation for folks that where English is not their native tongue to be able to advocate for their loved one at bedside to understand medical terminology, et cetera. So it's that's so important. No, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So tell me about being a busy professional now and caregiving for pops. Tell me about that. Uh,
0: Well, actually I was uh caregiving for both my parents um until 2020 when the, the world shut down, pandemic came so at at the time well, let, me, let me backtrack a little bit so uh so I, I was raised as a, sing, a single child uh, I do have two brothers two sisters but basically you know my parents they just had me like 2005, I I, I moved out you know, and got engaged uh, to my now ex-wife. Uh, I had two kids, we moved to Jersey from from New York. Uh, then we got divorced, moved back home to the Bronx, Got them, brought the kids with me. So it was like the five of us in the one-bedroom apartment in the Bronx. And uh, uh, for 2016, my ex-wife had passed away. Oh, uh, so my so that you know kind of navigating um that with with the kids and grief and loss and and still at times dealing with that i think i'm i'm more now dealing with that more than the kids do the kids are just roblox school like homework (laughs) video games so every once in a blue it does come up uh but they're so into their own stuff and then you know kind of like all right taking care of my parents and, and see the day-to-day see you know uh, my mom would, had diabetes but still wanted to like buy her cake by you know doing stuff she shouldn't be doing in terms of food and like not telling the doctor all her business that she needs to be telling the doctor until like like what do you mean the doctor said nothing was wrong like you can't you can't hear like you have issues with your hearing you're you're falling you know your gait is bad the you got some vertigo issues happening like why is the doctor not doing I ended up not being the doctor's so fault just my mom not telling what she needed to tell the doctor to get to get better uh so one day this was like 2019 i told my mom like i'm not going to be home this weekend like i'm like i'm going to visit you no know, the kids' godmother taking the kids with me and then the, the next day after that i got a wedding to go to uh, please take care of yourself. Uh, at the time, my mama had a bad fall to a point she had uh, a couple staples in her head. So like I, her gait was always a, a issue. Like just, just please, please be careful. Of course, I get to my godmother's house and uh, I get the phone calls like she she had falling and was, was taken to the hospital and come to find out she had broken uh, her ankle in, in both places and, and needed to go to a, a short term rehab. Uh, of course, going back to the diabetes that messed things up even more, because now she developed uh, bed sores in the same ankle mm-hmm. she broke, and needed a, a wound vac, which is actually like like a, a handheld vacuum that they put on your skin to heal, uh, uh no whatever open sores that you have in your skin. For those who don't who don't know what a wound vac is, um, so and then to the point where the rehab, like actual physical therapy, was going terribly uh to the point I, I i like i need to supervise this rehab to see what's going on because there's no way like my mom like lost all her strength from like this bad fall um when she broke her ankle and to the point where she literally couldn't really do much to the point they considered her uh bed bound to the, so so that happened and like she can't stay in this nursing home anymore so this is like literally a month right before the lockdown happens so literally so at the time I was actually working with older adults in my nine to five as a social worker so so like my work, my home life is mirroring my work life. Um, setting up a di- no, set up discharge some discharges from nursing home placements back home into the community or uh setting up discharges from like the hospital back home so i'm now i'm setting up my own discharge from my own mom to figure out what will be the the safest plan for her to to go back oh home.
1: my i feel you i feel you so she,
0: she so she finally came home uh we just we we just had to like suck it up and just <laughs> figure out a way put 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 a put a uh hospital bed in the home and uh we we we're gonna make this work um uh, so, so soon after the lo- lockdown came uh so so any medical care had to be done like over the phone which was like worst case scenario for her cuz she literally just got home and it and needed to see the doctor face to face um and that couldn't happen uh, so literally uh, luckily for me my girlfriend at the time who was now my second wife she worked at, as a um a teacher assistant at, at a preschool so they went virtual uh, and so we decided together for my, my two kids to live with her in, in Queens while I still had to go to the office, after, even after the initial shutdown. And so I'm literally uh, Monday through Friday uh, going to work and coming home and taking care of my mom, who was now in a hospital bed all day, while also making sure my dad's okay, not for him, but not, not going crazy and then on the weekends i would go and, and be a parent for, for my two kids uh, so i would see them like on the weekends so it was almost like i had like visitation from my whole two oh kids my. seeing them on oh the weekends my. um even though i had like you no know, they're my kids and i got like, right, you know, right custody of them and everything so it was a crazy time and then obviously april came in and uh, by that time, I was able to work from home, and one day, my you know, I go into the kitchen just to, uh just get something to eat. So mind you, I'm, I'm like masked up in my own house. They making sure like uh. You know, since I'm going out occasionally, seeing clients, you know, at that at that point, I was only doing like emergency visits, just for my own safety. And uh, my mom, I hear my mom coughing, like she was taking her medicine and drinking some Gatorade, and started coughing. I was like, "Oh, you're all right," and but the coughing just kept getting worse. So suddenly she was like choking on just drinking some Gatorade and her medication. To the point she became like really bright red. To the point that uh, I had to call 911. So, so this is, mind you, this is April 2020. And so, you know, people were going to the hospital and and, and, and literally dying in, in the hospital. So uh, so 911 came, the EMS came, and I like, kind of literally said my, what I thought was like my last goodbye, like in the hallway of my apartment building. I think I'm not going to see her again. Luckily, uh, the doctor, the ER, a couple of days later, called me and I was able to do uh, a WhatsApp video um, talking to mom. She seemed, you know, you know pretty conscious, just confused because you know, in the hospital, wanted me to go to to go see her in the hospital. Like I can't, like just, you know, we got. Covid happening and not allowing any visitors in the hospital, whole bit. So then, like a few days after that, she she um, came home. They discharged her. And so that posed the issue because my dad has is autoimmune. Uh, so you know, he had a kidney transplant years ago. So he <laughs> so now I'm dealing with <laughs> my mom coming home, and but he can't be home <laughs> to be <laughs> discharged. So like all his doctors started calling me like crazy, like um, like we're gonna put. It? put your dad at. I'm like, he's going to be home. I don't have any other family members that he could go to and, and, and stay with and live with me. We, we're just going to work it out. <laughs> so my mom came home and uh, uh however, like her affect like totally changed within the few days that I spoke with her to a point, like uh, literally like had like flat affect, like she couldn't really respond to to anything or really speak anything. So like, something happened with, with her brain that just she just wasn't herself like her, her, herself so literally like the next morning i like called 9 one again like hey like you know I need to pick her up. Like, she's this is not her baseline this is not no i literally had a conversation with her a couple of days ago she was like alert oriented she knew where she was at and having a full-blown conversation and so the doctors is at the or like, what do you mean? Like, so like I, again, I had a conversation with her literally a few days ago in, in the ICU. She was alert. She was talking. No, she just—it was hard to kind of the right word to kind of describe how she was, but just basically, she can like mumble a few words and like just water, asking for water or something like that. Just uh, real basic stuff, um, if even so, literally. To the point, I told the, I told the hospital like I can't care for her anymore. She needs long-term care placement. At the time, I hurt my finger previously, and then I had just gotten diagnosed with like two herniated discs in my back. So like I can't physically care for my mom anymore, and it was just a lot of toll. Plus, you know, I need to be mindful to take care of my own kids. So you know, we came up with a plan to place her in long-term care. Uh, fortunately, but uh, she only last, she's um, the first weekend of May 2020, uh, she passed like the week before, exact week before Mother's Day, she passed away uh, wow. as a result from COVID. So on top of that, at work, I uh, was losing clients from COVID as well. So like. Like I said, my work life was literally mirroring my my home life and having multiple deaths literally happening uh, simultaneously.
1: Wow. And you're still standing. Yeah. (laughs) You're still standing. Are you a busy professional caregiver? Stressed? Worried? Thinking about how you're going to manage all the activities of daily living? plus care gift for your aging loved one? What to do? Soccer practice, wash the clothes, eggs, milk, bread, pasta. <gasps> Enter in CareCab. CareCab to the rescue. Our care Cab support staff will do that heavy lifting for you. Check us out. CareCab at impactfulcaregiving.com. still standing yes you know so much came out of that as I was listening because there's a lot of men that are caregivers yes you know the men come forward and they say hey you know I see your event I saw this but I don't know if it's just for the ladies whatever but what do you say to the male caregiver because I mean what a thing to be able I resonate with you on so many levels you know Mm. as a you know, single parent, household, raised, divorced, mom, the whole thing, you know, then being, when you speak about how your professional life and your personal life are mirroring one another, you know, trying to be fully present for your own nuclear family, your, uh, your profession and honoring your, your aging loved one. I mean, and then, you know, whereas I will cry right now, right? Like <laughs> I will cry that out. But you know, as a male, how how have you handled all of that and continue to? I would think still walk that grief out in a sense.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, um, so out the blue, uh, one day, this was a few weeks. After my mom's passing, I was just sitting on the couch, either on the phone or I'm on the laptop or whatever. And then these words just popped in my head and they started, they rhymed, and I just started writing stuff down to a point like, Oh, snap, I got a poem and then became like two poems to a point like I had like between like April 2020 to like June 2021. Just like these words popped in my head. I actually moved out of New York, you know, moved to Delaware, became a first time homeowner. Good for you. And just wrote all of that to the point that I released the poetry book. In uh, June, uh, actually July, twenty twenty two, I released the poetry book called Triumph Through Pain: How to Maximize Your Full Potential in Hard Times." Talk about um, my grief, loss, um, financial education, and you know, anxiety—all uh, the things that are not normally talked about in our Black and Brown communities. And, you know, the anxiety of moving to a new state, literally had like no friends, no family, just you no know, my wife now, um, my second wife, she, all her. At least her her nuclear family, like her brothers and and her parents, live in Delaware. So at least had that support and just you know finding a new job and and just navigating the systems that that Delaware has compared to to new york and mind you through 2020 i was prior to pandemic 2019 20 you know early 2020 i was going back and forth to delaware so it was it wasn't like a cult a whole cultural shock like all right we're leaving we're going to (laughs) delaware we're going to delaware so at least i had some familiar familiarity with the area and and things of that nature but still it's still I'm still getting used to, to Delaware over three years later. So just writing, you no know, releasing, no you know, I wrote a book. I'm a social work podcast host. Uh, just recently w- was voted uh, top social work podcast for 2024 to listen to. Love uh, it's, it. called, it's called the Social Work Rants Podcast. It's on YouTube. It's on all audio platforms. Uh, also, Tell me again.
1: Uh, you said the Social Work The Social Rant? Work
0: Rants Podcast.
1: The social work rants podcast, and and tell me again the name of the book.
0: It's called Triumph Through Pain: How to Maximize Your Full Potential in Hard Times.
1: Beautiful, and this is where on Amazon or yeah, it's where, on Amazon is
0: someone... okay. on, on, on my website, uh, Bas Moreno um, I'm trying to do an audio book. It's taking me longer. Than... <laughs> that i that i want to but uh hopefully this year I, the audio version will be out as well so staying staying busy um but also you. But also now like the grief a year and a half ago i was working at a uh, public school as a school social worker and my mom worked as a paraprofessional uh, in the board of education in new york so uh that year uh, that's when the grief kind of started kind of started because you know i'm literally in the school my mom worked at a school so like that the grief on top of day-to-day kids struggles so it was a lot mentally uh, for me to a point that like I can't work in a, at a school anymore uh, and I had to change the job mm-hmm. um as a result of it and just because you know the kids it was like the first full year that the kids came back every day from pandemic so uh, literally had kindergartners and first graders uh First, their first experience in in school for the most part and you no know, they're so used to uh everything being on ipad and youtube and stuff and they see a piece of paper <laughs> with a with a pencil do you do some work and like so it was a lot of behavioral issues i'll put it like that that uh a lot of people weren't used to it, dealing with I know myself I wasn't used to some of the stuff that I saw I had to deal with day-to-day like no this is not for me so <laughs> yeah uh, just it was a, a lot to lot to navigate and, uh, and I'm now uh you know been, been going on therapy recently so I'm not now kind of deal with the not only like the loss of my mom but also like finally like never really dealt with the grief of losing like my ex-wife and and having that. Did um write a chapter? I'm a co-author also of uh, Latinx, A in Social Work, Volume Two is a Amazon bestseller. So actually, uh, with permission of both my kids, like hey, like uh, I wanted to talk about you know issues that I dealt with you know regarding your mom and like her passing um are you okay with me writing about that they're like yeah right we able to read it like sure no i don't whatever <laughs> questions they have like i i don't i try to be as honest with them without you know being age appropriate and that that's kind of like a fine line in terms of parenting you know with them because there, there is a lot in some in some of the stuff that uh i may mean, not never tell the kids but the ins and outs of what kind of really happened um because that's their, at the end of the day that's still their mom and uh uh you know they don't they don't need to know all the details. but at least some of the stuff I was able to share to the world and kind of open myself up and, and kind of help help myself heal because I need to heal somehow <laughs> some way forgive Absolutely. myself and give myself grace and and but also at the same time you know life is uh, moves life on. is always happening exactly moves on uh, whether it be good or bad it's just like all right I mean, what's next
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so um I'm curious you know my heritage is from Antigua and mm. the Caribbean culture is you know a culture is a village of caregiving it's a it's not a thing like it's just you take care of your own there's multi-generational living, uh, the way of life is such where you honor your loved one until the end. And I find that to be a given internationally where here in the States we're more reactive, We we make caregiving, uh, it is an overwhelm, uh, speaking to your earlier points about being a professional, and having your life mirror your personal life, your professional life m- mirror your personal life, and trying to juggle all of those things. Um what have you found in the Latin community to be a thread that you carry, even as you care give currently to your uh, father?
0: Oh man, um, you know, it's kind of hard to say because you know, every every country kind of does their own, their own thing per se. I know, like, no media, no, especially everything with the migrant situation that's happening, they just want to lump us all together. You know, myself, I'm Puerto Rican, uh, different from, you know, my ex wife was raised in an Ecuadorian household, and and we're totally (laughs) different uh, from food, the kind of language, and and things of that nature. I know for myself, like, kind of, my mentality was like, all right, you know it takes a village to to care uh, so luckily I had my parents that you know step up to the plate and help me pick out like my kids from school or or they had an appointment or something uh um you know help cook and whatever you know for them and uh you know when my mom passed and luckily uh, my well my aunts, her her sisters, you no, know, they they knew that I did all that I could I could to you no know, take care of her and like literally it was like bathing her, like changing her, like to point like changing diapers and things of that nature. That they knew that, you know, you did all you could all you could and, and you know, they gave me that that grace, you know, when she passed away. And then, no, regarding my dad, you know, he's having his own issues. Of no, he hates living in Delaware. is <laughs> been living like <laughs> two years and like just misses the, the convenience of New York you just walk down go to the grocery store is down the block or the supermarkets around the corner like everything like just basic needs you need a car to to, to do basic needs food shopping getting a haircut you know the no thing the little things you know end up mattering and, and and you know so so we you no know, we try to 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 do that and going back to your point about being a male uh, caretaker, and you know, luckily I had other males, even like my own clients, like who are male uh, caretakers, and we just, at the end of the day, we just do, uh, you know that, you no, know, that's my dad, that's whoever, that's my aunt, and I'm like, i like the responsible one, and you know, or you know, you know, like my half siblings you know, regarding like, you no, know, we share the same dad, but I'm pretty much the the main one who handles like whatever finances any like decisions. So it comes down to me and then I just share the information with them.
1: So would you so you know I really applaud you because you're saying, listen, I've gotten myself into therapy. I I have identified those pain areas in my life that I need to heal from. Is that what you encourage? Like do you consult or have mail workshops with other male caregivers colleagues where you say you know this is how we need to support one another
0: um what whatever in that works way. whatever works for you like um i you know i always like for me was, was writing and then like became like podcasting like I, now i share how when my mom passed away i shared the day i found out my ex wife passed away I was i was literally at work when i found out um my ex-wife passed away and my son was i took my son to work that day and that was the day (laughs) so i'm literally worse my worst fear that happened at work and like how i'm going to explain to my son that his mom passed away And uh so just life likes to throw curveballs at you just do whatever kind of works for you i mean um, like i said I thought writing books was going to help and podcasting was going to help. And then I was like, no, I, I think, you no, know, going to church, you know, was helping, helping, it, it still is helping. i going to church consistently and, you know, actually helping, you know, they op- open a new uh, uh, chapter of the church in my neighborhood and kind of help with the serving with that. Or like I then kind of do my own soul searching it was like I, I still need more and, and like all right let me finally like talk you know, have, talk to somebody about why I'm feeling and kind of give myself the grace and like look at how much I've done and and all this it's really a short amount of time and uh,
1: amazing amazing
0: and, and just give yeah you know get myself you no know, flowers and which you know we don't nor- normally do uh uh and kind of like do that but at the same time you know, you know deal with the grief and so whatever works like obviously there as a licensed mental social worker i was gonna say yeah go to therapy but you know <laughs> um, there's, there's always 988 8, and you know just you don't get to a point where you gotta have like now now one involved like uh, whatever works for you whether it be going to the gym and like know bust out the weights and like or like I've done that too like i like I'm like you know somebody who, who annoys me like it just take it out on the weights so I've done that whatever whatever works in terms you know something recreational like playing basketball or or whatever going to the gym or therapy you know writing or journaling I, no, w no, even my elementary days were, was journaling, uh just because I you know I had to in class, but you know, that that helped as I became uh early in my young adult self you knows journaling a little bit. So just whatever works for you, everybody's different.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because um, obviously uh, wanting to give honor to the male experience as a caregiver. And it just speaks to your own resilience. Like, brother, I see you. I mean, to carry <laughs> everything that you've gone through, still get your master's, still establish yourself in the industry, have a consulting firm to be able to consult with clients and be a mentor to the black and brown community and little, little Latino males that are coming up and look at you and say, yeah, like I can do this too. I mean, that, that's an amazing, amazing, uh, theme. So tell us again, tell, give me all the things, your website, the book, your podcast, uh, handles, and, uh, I'll, I'll get those links put up as well on our YouTube uh, when this airs. i so sure. excited to have had you with me today.
0: Now, thank you again for this opportunity. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Bass Moreno Consulting. That, that's all one word. Uh, the book, again, is called Triumph Through Pain, How to Maximize Your Full Potential in Hard Times. So you can get it at my website, Bass Moreno. Again, that's B-A-S-M-O-R-E-N-O dot com uh you know, i'm looking for clients to you know, provide uh, you no know, financial education uh, so you could go on the website against uh, i guess uh, i'm offering 50, free 15-minute consultations to tell me a little bit about your story what you're struggling with you no know, pinpoints in terms of you know, your finances and what you no know, what what's your number one goal you want to accomplish and kind of help you out uh, you know, with my social work background, provide that empathy and compassion. Uh, you know, we were struggling together. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Like, I got yes, some. Yes, we're all 401Ks, work in progress. <laughs> K's and, and IRAs and all that stuff. Figuring all that out. But, you know, I'm already thinking about college and looking up scholarships. Even though my, my son's a freshman in high school, I'm trying to figure all that out right now. And and uh, just going going with the flow, whatever. Uh, Life throw, throws at me. So, um, you know, I'm doing speaking engagements. Uh, within the last year, I got a speaking engagement coming up in, in Atlanta. So, I'll, I'll, busy preparing, preparing for that. So just, just staying busy.
1: Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being a care pod guest and definitely looking forward to collaborating with you in the future as well.
0: Thank you, Dr. Bell. I appreciate your, your time and, and uh, yes. being a part of this. Absolutely. Great information right from the source. For more information on how to care give like a boss, check out impactfulcaregiving.com. Want to be a guest on the show? Contact us at carepod at impactfulcaregiving.com.